Thank you for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern. We hope you enjoy this Arrow production. And please subscribe. Thanks. A while ago, we were at um, the Electronica show. Were we? Oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So um, one of the things we did there was we, we created the old Halpies uh, Munich oh, piece. Oh, we did a lot of things there. But yeah, yeah. That, that was, I would say that was the icing on the cake. Yeah. So uh, I'll tell you what, why don't we hear a bit about it when we were, from when we were there and let's uh, sit back and enjoy exactly what that was all about. Why don't we indeed? Okay. One of the reasons for us being here um, is because all of the stuff that, that's here, all of the sensors and the IoT stuff, all generates data. When you generate data, you need somewhere for it to go. Yep. And I think um, never before has that realization hit home as, as it has this year, I think, with the revolution in, in IoT and both consumer, industrial, and everything in between. Um, and uh, I think one of the main reasons we're here, as in ECS, yep. is because this year it's all about how we bring all of that together in a one arrow way. And uh, so the project I got asked to, to basically do um, it was one of those voluntold projects. Um, a new word in our vocabulary, yes, thanks to Karen. Voluntold. Um, was build out something that essentially embodied um, how data could, be, could come together in a meaningful way to create an interesting answer. Now, yep. you've all heard of our How Is London project. So basically what we did was we created How Is Munich. Now then, can I ask a question? Shoot. We didn't just change the name of the city and put some different pictures on the board, did we? No, because funny enough, Munich doesn't have Transport for London and a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of other data I relied upon to actually make the Halpies London thing work. So we did this for real? Oh, we did. I mean, literally, without, without meaning to, uh, to, to quote old uh, Tim Cook of, uh, of Apple fame, we reinvented Halpies London for Munich. <laughs> In about three weeks, well, about, about, about two months, actually. Yeah, I think... Uh, Most of it done in about three weeks. <laughs> I think also it's fair to say a lot of it was done in the 12 hours before the show as well. So we Well, no, that, that, that was more of the... It worked. It was getting it onto the damn video wall that's using yeah. some funky European blinking aspect ratio. But that's another hint on it. Yeah. Look, the long and short is that when I started this project... I looked and, and there was no transport for London. There was no open data set on traffic. There was no um, Met Office. You can easily like point back towards. Yeah. But and some of the other things we did was was I've been meaning to make some significant upgrades to the Hampton London platform anyway. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what better opportunity? So a quick summary of some of the uh, some of the cool things we did to make Happy's Munich happy. Go on then, Dave. Get a little um, bit geeky. So the first thing we did was we couldn't rely upon any open data sets for, for transport and disruption. Can I so just stop you there? Can I just stop you go there? Crazy. So when we talk about open data sets, and it's important, so for, for everybody who's, who's kind of listening in and going, mm -hmm. what? What's open data? So listen to our previous podcast. Yes. I've mentioned about a thousand times. All right. All right. Well, I have. I have. Um, <laughs> so we're really quite lucky in the UK. You know, it's one of the things that from... From a, a, to be fair, a government perspective, and then from an NGO perspective, you know, it, it, it's something that's promoted, and it's something that a lot of organisations are, are starting to get. So, open data is, in essence, 
basically a company looking at non-personal data that's in their domain, anonymized, doesn't belong to anybody, it's not controlled or it's not part of the regulated data sets like, you know, your, your name, your address, your passwords, and details, things like that. It's data that you know, a business, an organization is happy and willing to open up to anybody else to use. So hence it being open data rather than closed data. And yeah, with How Happy is London, yeah, again, being based out of London, uh, absolutely at the epicentre of a lot of great data sets and sources of data and information that we can pull into the platform. And as Dave said, unfortunately, not every city is like that. So really, yeah, you've, let's say you've had your work cut out, but um, finding, da finding data that we can bring in to deliver something that looks and feels a lot like How Happy is Munich. Yeah, and, and joking aside, genuinely you want to stress this to everybody. We didn't just slap some different logos mm. on the demo. No. So Sorry, that's my bit. No, Carry no, on. No, no, absolutely. A worthwhile piece of information. So what we did was so for transportation we couldn't rely upon um on tfl on tfl so we had to start to look for other sources of data other sources of data that we could use that were real time that would give us that tra tra transportation disruption information so what we did was um i actually benchmarked google maps and um, bing together mainly because i started on google's so the idea essentially was just to step back one step was um that we would basically take any city in the world, obviously in this case we're using Munich, yep. we basically plot launching latitude, um, sort of almost intersecting the city. So we'd have maybe eight points around the city and we'd basically go, okay, A to B, B to C, C to D, how can we get across? And essentially we just tell Bing Maps, look, go from A to B using the roads, go from A to B using public transport. How, you know, how quickly do you get there? What's the efficiency? So we benchmark it at three o'clock in the morning that's our sort of benchmark of the perfect way, the perfect time to get from A to B. Mm -hmm. um, but then we start to look at, okay, anything um, over the benchmark is, tra is traffic. Yeah. So that way we could do a very dynamic, very flexible, and by the way, Bing Maps reroutes re re our, um, our directions every couple of minutes. We're asking it every 15 seconds to compute all of these different routes and saying, which is the most efficient way to do it. So we're not just saying if that particular road is busted or busy, then you know, you know life's bad. We're saying, okay, if that is, that's, you know, be like a human. Actually say, instead of going that way, we'd go that way. But that causes extra disruption. So we can you know, understand that and classify that as disruption on the, on the roads. So in short, we are calling from Bing directions, like you say, from A to B for a couple of routes across Munich yeah. and with the data we're taking out is how long it would take us to, exactly to get that. Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. So that's essentially that's how we do the transportation. Uh, weather is exactly the same, but we've changed from the Met Office to open openweather.org, and we've also changed the whole purpose of it to be more environmental status rather than just weather. So we also look at um, ozone depletion, mainly because I could just find that data. I thought that was, really was it cool. easy? Was it easy yeah. to get that? Yeah. yeah. There's an open API for uh, ozone depletion. Um, and uh, and air quality, mm. so another really useful one. Air quality is um, something that actually genuinely does matter in an environmental status. But this is the thing, you know. We, you know, we, 
I've come across you know, conversations with partners and the people over the last few months, and you know, cities, city councils are starting to now want to look at projects to measure things like air quality and uh, pollution yep. levels because yep. you know they appreciate it has an impact. And you know, I think when you when we start looking at how happy is Munich's dashboard, you, you know, what you've just described there, you can start to join the dots. So, will we see the ozone? level deplete, will we see air pollution rise when we see traffic and travel get disrupted? Yeah, that's interesting, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, certainly something we could look at and, 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 tra- and track and monitor. So, those two were, those two were, I mean, the, the open weather one was not big, was very simple. Yep. Um, the transport one was a little bit more complicated, but not that bad. Mm-hmm. The one where we really, really, really went to town was, um, was cool. social. So social, um, up to this point, we had um, relied upon uh, a Hadoop cluster doing uh, a sentiment analysis. So basically oh, okay. looking up a whole, taking the tweets, looking up a massive um, bank of words, and basically looking for words and rating the tweet based on those words. And we used um, Hadoop, we used... Um, some of the Hadoop ecosystem to do that Hive and, and HDFS and, and it works reasonably well. One of the things I will say, anyone who's looking to investigate Hadoop, Hadoop is actually a great platform, but it requires so much effort to maintain it and keep it going. It's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. It's not the breaks all the time and I probably didn't set it up as well as I probably, probably could have, but if we're talking about outcome first sort of thinking, yeah. It is an outcome first because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of non-business revenue generating effort that needs to be put into Hadoop to actually make it do what it has to do. And in all honesty, I found myself in a position where the last thing that I was actually concentrating on was the data that I was actually putting into Hadoop to get out the results. Yeah. So I was spending so much time working on the platform. So, in true um, you know service-oriented or uh, architecture and uh, all that good stuff. I, uh, I moved to a set of APIs. So hey. IBM, um, obviously you've heard us talk about IBM a, long, a lot, yeah. but IBM have um, a system or a service called Watson. And essentially Watson allows you to essentially do all that clever stuff as a service. So essentially- Give the problem to somebody else. Give the problem to someone else. So what they open up as an API is um, essentially natural language processing classifiers. So what I can do is I take a massive load of training data, the same stuff that I've got in the Hadoop cluster, Mm-hmm. and basically put it up to them. And instead of using a, essentially a very glorified word search in the Hadoop um, world, yeah. what we're doing with the Watson stuff is we're actually um, putting it up to Watson and letting Watson use a classification network to say, what is the chance of this tweet being positive, negative, yeah. or indifferent? It worked beautifully. And Did now it? my Hadoop cluster that was literally caused me sleepless nights, taking up 10 servers in our data center, and the rest is now an API call that took me about 30 minutes to set up. And you are no longer a Hadoop administrator. Precisely, in my spare time, because <laughs> that's what everyone wants. Of course. Um, so, we've done that. Um, that was so easy, I thought, you know what? Why? I'm going to see if I can use some more. Why, why stop there? Oh, you are so predictable. Um, so, I also wrote our own, um, I say wrote, no writing involved, literally just created a, a training data set and, um, and basically created a spam classifier. Yay. So we now look at spam in real time. And by the way, looking at um, our dashboards here, 60 odd percent of everything we've pulled in, we've classified as spam. So I'm quite proud of that. It's picking up a lot so of spam. Not, so we've managed 
to sift out yep. the rubbish and not actually put it up on the screens. Precisely. Well, actually, interestingly, we put it up on the screen and then, so the raw tweets come in. That's the point. Raw tweets come in. We process them. I thought I'd seen some of ours up Filter, there. filter, yeah. filter, and then it comes out with the highly refined data, which is obviously our yeah, sensor. Um, and the last thing I did was there was another um, artificial neural network API mm -hmm. um, called Tone Analyzer. And essentially yeah. what Tone Analyzer does is you can put up um, data up to that place, yep. and it looks at all the tweets that that person's done, and basically comes back and tells you whether or not that person is neurotic or joyful or fearful. Or basically does a bit of a psychometric test on them. Hang on, so does it look at the tweets from that person's full history or related yep. to that? No, we do the full history of that person. I'm stopping tweeting right now. Um, but what we use that for, so we then Sorry. anonymize that when it comes back down again. Oh, that's good. And what we use that for is we use it as a data confidence scoring system. So essentially what we're saying is how much can we rely upon that, that person's person. tweets to be because accurate. based on, yeah, to, to be an accurate reflection of the situation we're in. So the data confidence scoring system is really important because essentially what it does is it says, if someone's basically going, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it and that's all they ever do is tweet negative stuff, there's every mm. possibility they're actually quite neurotic or, or they've got something wrong with them. So we don't actually trust that their opinion on what we're trying to talk about is valid. So we disregard it. So we only look at people who have balanced um, psych, you know, psychology, psycho, psychological profiles to actually take their their influence, their information into into uh, into, yeah. into account. But it's a, it's important to stress as well. I've seen a few articles on this where we slightly use things like tone analyzer, and and if we do, you know, I suppose the opposite of discarding, you know, things that we think aren't, you know. Right, relevant is probably the wrong word to what we need it for. You know, there are a few projects out there at the minute where they're looking at trying to identify these people that yeah. might well I was going to say, we can also do the flip reverse of that and say all the people we found who are neurotic, yeah. do you know we help them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's, that, that's amazing, is that? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, FYI, watch for a project like that coming up quite soon. I am that's definitely stopping tweeting. That's all I'm going to say. So, Anyway, that's how happy's Munich. So, how happy? Uh, right, right. Before we go any further, how happy has it been this week? It stayed at life's good, which is uh, one below the top. So about seventy percent happiness. But interestingly, one of the things I have been impressed with is we've seen a um, the tweets that we normally see in London. Yeah. They're normally around and about sixty-five, sixty to seventy percent happy. Yeah. Wow. Munich is not a happy place at the moment. Is it not? So we've seen around and about, on average, 48% um, neutral, 28% um, negative, yeah. and the rest is positive, so sub 20%. Hmm. So actually, I think neutrality is, is understandable at a show like this because everyone's tweeting relatively sort of business general stuff. Corporate lines. So the neutrality like stuff that, yeah. doesn't, doesn't surprise me. The negative stuff does, though. Hmm. So I'm looking forward to going back and actually diving through the data and trying to understand was that a bug in our system or is that actually the reality? Is that actually the results? And if it is, yeah. actually, amazing. We've been able to detect that and we've been able to, and then we can prove it by looking back at what we've seen and actually the human being eyes saying, yeah, you know what? The computer was right. Ooh, Skynet does exist. So yeah, so there you go. So that's been, uh, that's how it's Munich. Yep. Um, it's been on the big screen. So if you look at any of the videos we've done, if you look at um, all that sort of stuff, it's actually on the big video wall over the top of our reception desk which is pretty cool, and uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, 
So that's it. So, on that bombshell. On that bombshell. Yeah. That's been Healthy Munich. Brilliant. <laughs>